Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yes, welcome. Hello. It is time for podcast. Thank you for listening to the podcast this is only stupid answers you're familiar with this tv program what? it is the show what specific when ethnic we group talk are you trying to make to fun of <laughs> the movies we talk to tv shows we mm-hmm. talk to comics those are all you know those are all true those talk to video games dish yes <laughs> how are chun i am I, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm trying. I'm trying to um, uh, decode what's happening over here. Mm-hmm. Hmm? You saw, you saw this movie this week. You saw us. Yes, I, I did see us. This mm-hmm. is for the. It was at home. This is episode one forty-five. At a certain point, you got to start. We got to start stuff switching up. Switching, up. switching it up. You bring foreign uh, friend on uh, show to do. Uh oh, he brings hijinks. This is um, what's it, uh, Milos from uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine. You yeah. don't know me. <laughs> you don't know that joke. Oh, it's the fucking best. Anyway, I'm gonna spoil this joke for you. They bring them. They don't talk about that character for like five to six years. Yeah, comes back for one episode. They're like, oh, it's him. Mm-hmm. It's me, Mykonos, whatever yeah, his yeah, name yeah. is. And his joke is, you don't know me. <laughs> I don't know you. You don't know me. I don't know you. Yes, the the veil's been lifted. <laughs> it is I, Sam Bashur, And this is the podcast you all know and love and you've been sharing with all your friends, right? You've made all your family sit down and listen to this podcast, haven't you? You had to have. You had to have, right? Because if, if you were actual fans, you would have you told them about it. I hope your fucking car speakers just explode. <laughs> no, gang, this is going to be a very fun episode. First up, I want to say my thanks yes. to the patrons who are watching live. That's Caitlin Conway, Wendy S, Danny M. Uh-oh, the voice came out. Maggie Whitmer, <laughs> Danny Boy. It's a very, the, you guys are a good group of kids. And guess what, gang? If you've if you've been a part of the Patreon in the past, if you've, if you've taken a little peek at it, but you're like, uh-oh, <laughs> maybe it's eh, nothing there. You know, the shop's cool, but I'm not buying anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? In two weeks, maybe revisit. Yeah, maybe nice and vague. maybe take another look. What if movies were advertised that way? It's like hmm, you didn't like Avengers one, maybe or two. You could hmm, maybe take a visit. Might be things there that yeah. you like. <laughs> if uh, if you're Ooh. coming into Avengers three, there's actually a lot you need to catch up on. You actually might need to. <laughs> Uh, they say there's a lot happening. Yeah. Yes, but no, this we're going to be talking about, uh, we're diving into us. Now, if, yes. don't tune out just yet because uh, we're going to start it off by doing a little spoiler-free thoughts. Let's yes. not call it even a review, even though I will structure it as such. <laughs> but I want to be mainly talking about Jordan Peele and uh, what he's doing right now when it comes to sci-fi and cinema and horror and television because with CBL, CBS All Access, they really want you to be spending money over there. They specifically, sure one of the highest budget TV shows I've ever seen with Star Trek Discovery on on cable yes and with the twilight zone getting revisited i'm actually gonna have to get a cbs all access account because oh, i need snap. to i need to watch it yeah. even if it's not that good <laughs> which i find that like that's gonna be hard that it's gonna be bad i don't think it's gonna be bad yeah but you know 
Business up top, though, really quick. You can go to OnlyStupidAnswers.com for more podcast information. You can yeah. go buy merch. You can watch videos. You can do all the good stuff. You can also go to Twitter at OnlyStupidAnswers. Check out the balance from Stupid. There's Instagram. There's Facebook. There's Reddit. There's a Discord. You can join on the Patreon previously mentioned. And there's new projects coming down the pike. But before we get into us... Before we get us, let's talk about us. Let's talk about us. Yeah. Talk about you. Talk about me. What I'm going to be. That's a song. It's only just a dream. And I believe I have to look up who that's bought from. And that'll be what I'm into this week. DJ, what are you into this week? What am I into, I this, into this week? So um, I'm obviously into us. I'm excited to talk about that. However, I don't know if I've talked about this on the show. I, I finally beat, quotes, beat, uh, Red Dead Redemption 2. I got it. I got it in November. So that's what, five of months? 2016. Of 2016. Mm-hmm. I got it in November last year. So that's been five months of me dicking around with this game. Uh, there, I, I had, there was a point where I had to be like, you know what? There's certain things I'm not going to do. There's a guy. So there's the, one of the major cities is San Denis that's kind of based off of New Orleans. There's a guy in there that's like, hey, you want to collect a bunch of like heron plumes and alligator eggs and stuff? And I was doing <laughs> it. I was like, you know what? Fuck this mission. I'm not going to do this. Like, I just, I don't need to. It's not a story thing. I had to, oh, and by the way, if you've played the game, there's those legendary animals, yes. which are fun. Like, so like bison or cougars with, with unique pelts that you can hunt. Always fun because it's a little tracking stuff. It's really cool. Legendary fish are a pain in the ass. Uh, I didn't catch a single one. I gave that was another thing that I just had to cut loose. When you say legendary, is there anything magical? It's just like shiny Pokemon. It's 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 just like the rare, like the legendary fish are bigger than normal fish. And of course, if you get them, there's going to be some sort of cool whatever. Fuck it, I don't give a shit. I I, had like by month three, I was like, I'm going to have to start cutting some things loose. By Uh, month three, yes. By month by month three, I was like, okay. You know, that's like a lifetime in terms of how I ingest media. (laughs) Yeah, three months. You kidding me? Yeah, and it was, but it was cool though because I really like the way Rockstar structures their stories. And by the time I was wrapping it up, I really felt connected to the character. It was like finishing not just a season of a show but finishing the entire run of a show like when you're getting to like the series finale like when they get to the end and those who played the game they kind of know this this is like the first red dead where there's like an end and then there's an epilogue that's equally important um i i genuinely got there's actually things in there that genuinely got me emotional which is not what you think of when you think of like rock star games you think of like murdering a bunch of people in true open world but you do know since i think it's fair to say since i mean since red dead for me culturally didn't matter too much i know it mattered to a lot of other people yeah. but i knew with gta 5 that had some genuinely good story beats and yeah. gta it was an, 4 in particular is still one of my favorite all-time games uh, see like but uh, just yeah. like you now are getting the sense of like yes it's the you get to drive cars off of cliffs and like <laughs> run over people but with that Hidden in the cracks is a genuinely good story yeah. and stories that you get to experience. When you're doing the egg hunting, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. is it for a meal or is it that he just wants them? It's a rare items. And it's like if you – I've looked up. It's like if you get it, you get a rare gun and a rare hat. And I'm like, you know what? Don't need it. Thanks, <laughs> thanks but no. I, I just – I needed mostly the story. So I, I had – if it wasn't fun for me to do, I cut bait. And I didn't uh, – um, that sounds like the Riddler missions in the Arkham games. But I did those. Ew! I did those. Oh, God. And I would just try it. There's this one I remember from Arkham City. Yes. Which I'm, I did not play the last one. Uh-huh. Because I didn't have a system at the time. And I feel like I, I'll play it, it is, eventually. It is good. It is my least. The second one's the best. So, Arkham City's amazing. Arkham City's the best. I just remember this one where it's like a, it's one of those cages you have to crouch in. But it's like yep. a maze within the cage. And there's like trified cage shit. I feel mm-hmm. like there's like nine of these. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, 
I feel like I'm in this cage. Physically. Hmm. And I've beat this game. Hmm. Weeks ago. Not gonna get these. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, don't care. Uh-oh, there's a cutscene. Oh, thank God for YouTube, huh? Uh, I found. I figured out what the cutscene was. It was save some time. Yeah. No, uh, I did. I did I all those, do, but because because there's so much in Red Dead and so and so much in in Red Dead that doesn't they don't like give you like like when it comes to finding treasure, like you'll get a treasure map, but it's drawn like a map from the time. So unless you run across one of the markers, like if there's like a weird looking tree, unless you run across that weird looking tree, you're not finding this treasure. Like that's just, or you look it up online, you know what I mean? So, uh, Caitlin Conway says those are the, for her, those are the pigeon mis- missions in the newest PS4 Spider Man game. I beat, that's the only, I, that's one of the few games where I've like 100%ed it. Yeah, same. Because those were not the worst. They're not the worst. The they pigeon, are not fun. But see, here's the thing the pigeon ones are a pain in the ass, but there's like three of them, and they're over in like five minutes. There's you know like, what a, mean? no, there's a good, there's, there's more of the other things. There's less taskmaster missions than there are pigeons there's more yeah. pigeon ones and i'm like really wish there were more of these really difficult taskmaster taskmaster yeah so right now so so it took me forever to get through red dead and i've got some other games that i got during the holiday season that are that are like in my back pocket i think i'm gonna go back and do the spider-man uh dlc which mm-hmm. i have and i haven't played yet you did the first one i did the first one so there's two other ones yeah, and that was pretty quick, and so that'll be a nice little pilot cleanser. You did because it was Black Cat, and, and then Hammerhead, and then Silver Sable, something related. That sounds right. Yeah. Oh, that's I vaguely remember the ad that popped up for yeah. it. Yeah, but yeah, but but I really, I mean, for the people who played it, you know, I really enjoyed Red Dead. I really felt like I, it had taken me on a journey, and when the character, I, I thinking about it now, like I feel emotional about the journey my character went on. Um, uh, like there's a scene so you help a bunch of people you run into a bunch of people you help a bunch of people or not but I did I helped them uh, surprise surprise my character you, you can have the white hat or the, like at the end like the, their their gauge of whether you're good or bad I was I was pretty good for the most part um, you at some at some point you help this nun and you run into her again after your character your character gets tuberculosis and so he's kind of wrestling with oh because back in the day that was a death sentence you're done you're, you're done and so he's wrestling with the fact like oh I've got to reckon with all the things I've done. Mm-hmm. Um, and he runs into a nun that he helped early on. And she, she's, it, she's like a lot of characters and like, Oh no, Arthur, you're a good person. And as the player, you're like, no, I'm not. It's just as regular missions. I've done some pretty messed up shit. Like, and so Arthur's like, nah, I'm not. And she's like, you need to believe that love exists and do a loving act. And because of the whole thing I put this guy through, when she said that, I was like, Oh, I'm actually affected by that. Oh, and then with his ultimate fate, it was it was meaningful, and, I'm, and that and that is to me that represents good storytelling. If you're able to connect to it on a human level, and it makes you feel things and and change your perception of the actual world that you live in, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's powerful storytelling. And so, God bless a game for being able to accomplish that. Sounds like a pretty big ripoff of uh, Epic Mickey. You get to choose to erase or make more paint mm-hmm. in the make-believe Disney world. And at the end, you get to do a little review of what you did. For better or worse, Mickey might be a goddamn devil. Yeah, if you just, choose if you think, to. If you think you about choose. it. If you think and at the end, it. it's like, hey, man, sometimes you got to make choices for better or worse. Mm-hmm. Of Space Mountain and the <laughs> other things. Is that Space are there. Mountain in there? Yeah, but it's the old one where it has a rocket ship outside. Cool. You ride it. Nice. You ride. You fill it with paint. Have and you, you ever ride been it. to Disney World? No. I think you would really love Spaceship Earth. That's the big Epcot ball. Yeah. It is. Yeah. 
Flo- I don't know. If, I don't know if I, I'm allergic to Florida or not. The air there is thicker. <laughs> it, it is. It's thicker. It is dense. It's like it when they talk dense. about space travel and going to planets with more gravity. It's like maybe that's what Florida is to me, man. <laughs> I just like fall flat. Yeah. I'm not able to move around in that state. Maybe it, this is all maybe. It's all yeah. speculation, but I have evidence to back it up. Yeah. But for me, what I'm into this week is you know with the Fox Disney merger and uh, <laughs> to preface this, the four the ten thousand people losing their jobs, that's not good. Yes. But hey, let's go ahead and shine the positive light over in the other corner. <laughs> not look in the dark basement of yeah. the despair. Let's look at the fun attic where you're keeping all the X Men and the Avengers all playing. I, around I like together. that metaphor too because uh, traditionally basements are bigger than attics. But hey, let's yeah, just focus let's on go that. Let's up to the attic where the imagination lives. <laughs> Not the basement filled with fired people, oh, God, laid off un- people. unemployment. Because yeah. <laughs> that's a real threat. That's the scariest nightmare of them all, kids. Mm-hmm. Capitalism. Anyways, yeah. they Disney's taking our jobs. Disney's <laughs> Disney's taking our jobs. <laughs> Build a wall. Uh, no, anyways, shut up, Sam. Um, they no, no, no. So with the merger happening, yes, I was like, everyone's like, they got to do Avengers versus X Men, and yeah. I was like, I kind of vaguely know what that story is. Yes, Cyclops a dick. A you of, know, a lot of really cool covers. A lot of because Jim Chung Chung, he's so talented. He is. He's he, doing. He's a, angular. Yeah, he's doing uh, Justice League stuff every, occasionally. Okay, when he, when he wants to. <laughs> That's a cool job. Yeah. Yeah. No, he did a good amount of the art for the covers. And I think the first issue at the very least, yeah. and it was a fun comic. It's a I've mentioned it already. I feel like on like nineteen shows, but guess what? Not on a podcast. So buckle <laughs> up. It's um, it's a good example of a pretty mid tier cash grab of a crossover mm-hmm. where it's like uh oh civil war's coming out better do civil war 2 that's this is what that is yeah. i feel like and it's it's a fun look at like since i've never read the original like phoenix saga or whatever garbage it's good whatever yeah. but it would i have not read all those comics so yeah. seeing the avengers have to deal with this threat and the way the scale of it you're like yeah man there's really nothing we could, there their answer is there's nothing you can do that was jason aaron yeah. Oh, okay. Well, no, it was Jonathan Hickman who did the story, but it was written by Jason Aaron, Jonathan Hickman. Um, sorry, you know what? Let me just pull it up. Because okay. the 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 dream team, Mark Wade was on that dream team as well. It's um, pretty impressive who was on, who was all working then. Yeah, they're doing big ads now that are just like in Marvel books. That's just Hickman, twenty nineteen. Like he's coming back. That was, so just quick because we didn't talk about that. And let's talk comics. I got a I got a feeling a tingling that's probably Eternals. And deviants. Oh, they're gonna have to do something they're to get people to, to know what, what that, that is. is. Yeah, that's what I. That's my. When, when you have people like us, they're like, "Oh, the Eternals." Then you, there's a little bit of work you need to do. I'm trying to see the full series here. Who worked on it? Um, let's go with yeah, because you can do the collected edition, which is pretty cool. Um, let me read it, and we've got a writing credit that's just coming down the pike because the Wi-Fi, this way. and here it comes. We're, I'm looking at, while you're doing that, I'm looking at the people that are in chat. For those that don't know, you can watch this show live over at patreon.com slash onlystupidanswers. Uh, Danny M just says, I just want to watch the new Mutants movie, but do you? Do it, do you? Do you? Because it might not be good. Uh, uh, David Rodriguez says, shout out to Jordan Peele, because we're talking about us and... Uh, Twilight Zone later in the show. Jordan Peele uh, and what he's been doing. I'm glad he's ma- he's he's making and being a part of this nightmare genre. Mm. Uh, here we go. Brian Michael Bendis, Jason Aaron, yeah. uh, Jonathan Hickman. This All is hands a- on deck. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And honestly, the writing is is top notch. And but if you guys were wondering, hey, when was the last time all those Luke Cage villains were in comics? All these snake <laughs> villains. I found them. Yeah. <laughs> they're in. They're in this story. They're also in um, that uh, Power Man Iron Fist. Room. There you go. Yeah. Um, and I've never read anything with hope in it. 
So I didn't know what her oh, whole yeah, deal yeah, yeah. was. She's super cool. Yeah. I really dig her. Um, and also, she like gets trained in Kunlun by Iron Fist, and wow. she it's really they um, they use like Shaolau the Undying as like a metaphor for like you know like the reincarnation. Yeah. And so is the Phoenix. So yeah. it's like these opposing forces of Yin and Yang. It's really cool the way they. Oh, and um, Matt Fraction, he were on it yeah. too. Yeah, oh, definitely Everybody. all all Everybody. hands on deck. Super cool. Definitely on board. If you want to read a story of just like you know, it's fun sometimes. Like with evil Superman, you get the story of like the unstoppable force meets the immovable object Boy, that yeah. kind of stuff and with this it's what if you had five unstoppable forces and <laughs> nothing opposing them yeah, except yeah. for each other yeah very cool very very cool also when he goes when Cyclops goes full Phoenix Force his costume of course he has to get a new costume mm-hmm. it's dope it's super cool Cyclops Emma Frost Colossus Magic, Magic. Namor yeah, why is he an X-Men? Why is he mutant? That stuff confuses the oh, hell out of me. But anyway. Another, it's just another thing. It's pretty cool, though. That's also um, where, like, Black Panther and Storm get a divorce and stuff. That's that's in there. It's also a pretty big... It's a pretty good, like, slap in the face to Storm. It's like, uh, oh, yeah, because she chooses to be with the X-Men and he chooses mm-hmm. to go with the Avengers. Um, his politics in it is very, it's very well written. It's very interesting. Storm shows up and after Wakanda's just been fucking decimated by mm-hmm. Namor and she's like, I'm sorry... I just have to stand by my people. And he's like, it doesn't matter. You can go do whatever you want. Like, <laughs> I, I don't care. Yeah. Our marriage was annulled by the high, pri- pri- high priestess uh, this morning. And she's like, but you're the high priestess. And he was like, yep. Uh-huh. So I'll go ahead and basically go fuck yourself. And <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, that was, pretty, that was pretty cool. And also, I know like a lot of people don't didn't like the relationship. I didn't read comics at the time. Yeah. So I have no idea. I can, I can understand some people's problems with it. Any hoozles. With that... Let's go ahead and mosey our way over to our friend Sam Humphreys. Boy, howdy. We actually, uh, if you are not familiar, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash only stupid answers. And on that, we have a show called Let's Talk Comics where we talk about what the do on that show, Sam? comics of the week. We're talking Superman, yes. Flash, Wolverine, Spider-Man, Green Lantern, <laughs> and specifically Dial H Hero. What's that? It's a brand new comic from... Uh, DC Comics. Well, it's an oldie making a return yep. bigger and bolder than ever with our pal Sam Humphrey. has been on the show before and he's uh, headlining this new book for the Wonder Comics imprint over at DC Comics. We're able to sit down with him, interview him, talk about the ins and outs of bringing this character to life with his own spin, his own flavor. Yep. And the artist that he's working with is a downright rock star. So you're not going to want to miss it. Here's a little snippet of it, and you can listen to the whole one over at patreon.com says only stupid answers. Let's check it out. You are a writer for Marvel, DC. Mm-hmm. You work mm-hmm. over at Image sometimes. You do yep. tip your hat over there if you'd like to. Um, I, absolutely. Um, and uh, you have a new comic coming out. We want to kind of dive in and talk about yeah, that. Yeah, it's very exciting. So over at DC, we just got the introduction of the Wonder Comics line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you have your Young Justice, you've got your Naomi, you've got your Wonder Twins. But wait a second, there's one more. There's one. There's there's a fourth. Quick elevator pitch. What is Dial H for Hero? Dial H for Hero is about a magic dial that if you spin the dial to spell H-E-R-O, you get transformed into a seemingly random superhero for an hour. I'm doing this book with uh, Joe Canones, mm-hmm. the artist, right. and uh, Jordan Gibson, the colorist. And one of the things we're doing with this book is that every time a character uses the H dial to transform themselves, the comic transforms as well. So I'm really glad you said it because I wanted to ask because I heard that and I was like, that's impossible. No. That sounds absolutely insane. Mm-hmm. And I'm so on board. What, do you have like an example or are we going to have to wait? Well, did you see, you saw the preview pages. Uh, yeah, yeah, I saw yeah. the preview pages. Exactly. Yeah. So you got a little glimpse mm-hmm. of what that's going to be like. 
So when you see Miguel, the main character, use the H dial in the preview pages, he transforms into Monster Truck, the superhero. And the art style itself changes into a very 90s image comics vibe. Love that's it. just the tip of the iceberg of that. It's so, not always that style. Different superheroes will have different styles. Some issues will have more than one superhero. That's more than one style. I love it. That yeah, makes yeah. me so happy. So when it came to creating the different heroes, I know that the there were different heroes in the past associated with the H-Dial. Did you just blank slate, start from scratch, or did you look at some of the uh, original H-Dial heroes and like try and repurpose some of those? Blank slated it. Nice. Um, because uh, I, I wanted the heroes this time around to be um, more uh, like we were talking about random earlier before. Yes. A lot of the ones in the original Silver Age run were a lot of fun, but they're like they're like Bullet Man. You know, they almost seem like soft pitches for a superhero who might get their own book one day or yeah. whatever. <laughs> These are superheroes that could never, ever, ever get their own books, Ooh. and we're having a lot of fun with that. I, man, yeah, I don't know. Like, you you kind of sold me a monster truck. I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. If, if they're only around for an hour, if they're only around for an issue or whatever, might as well have the craziest superheroes possible. So you got you got DC Daily, yep. you got mm-hmm. Dial H. Uh, I believe you're telling us the uh, last issue, the first arc of Blackbird That's just correct. dropped. If you go to the yep. comic shop today, you can probably pick that up. It'll be out there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what from, else you got from going Image on? Image Comics with my uh, co-creator Jen Bartel. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Love and, beautiful. Uh, yeah, amazing art, uh, and the trade ships in May. Cool. So the first trade ships in May. We're very excited. Uh, this first arc took us to some pretty wild places, and um, the response online has been really huge. People are really going there with us, you know? Yeah. Uh, so that's been very gratifying. We're very excited about it. Um, and then uh, we have Harley Quinn, yep. of course. Yep. Harley Quinn is continuing. Uh, lots of crazy things coming up for Harley Quinn and the rest of the DC Universe that I cannot say out loud. But... Um, <laughs> Harley's going great, uh, and I'm doing Goliath Girls uh, over at Comixology. Very Digi- cool. Digital first book with my co-creator, Ulti, from Insaya. And that is um, about three best friends who raise their own giant monster. Of course. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Sounds perfect. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, uh, yeah, I'm doing, uh, I'm doing four books right now and The Daily Show. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. my question was, what else you got going on? I think more it's like, wait, do That's you have free time? Enough. Yeah, do, yeah. You have, like, <laughs> do you have time to sleep? Man, that dude's um, the same I want to be. I'll tell you <laughs> yeah, what. He's, he's the same we all want to be. And if you're listening to this right now, that means that Dial H for Hero is going to be in your local comic book shop this Wednesday. Yeah, so you're going to want to either uh, go to your local store or uh, bring up Comixology or whatever digital comic resource you'd like to bring up and get that boy in your hot little hands because what they're doing over at Wonder Comics is amazing. I'm super stoked to check out Dial H um, and I support new types of stories in comics. It's always fun to do. It's always fun to check out new stuff. Super stoked to check it out. And he's our friend. And if you guys don't come to this party, we're going to look dumb. But let's go talk about a different genre of movies, specifically horror, specifically Jordan Peele's. Yes. Contributions to this sci-fi. This is us. Uh, <laughs> this is us. He wrote This Is Us. And yeah. now we talk about us. No, we uh, Us is hitting theaters this week. It is Jordan Peele's uh, second, his sophomore horror film that it has a very high expectations going into yes. it. And since it's in theaters, a good amount of you probably have seen it. But and if for, not, what are you doing? Yeah, and hey, you know what? Watching live with us, we have Caitlin uh, who, Conway, who is not the biggest fan of horror. I understand. But his movies are, I'd say they're extra special. There's a lot of Agreed. heart and thought thought and humor and you know, I'll be honest, genuine scares that he puts in there. And it's I think it's worth at least analyzing. And, but uh, kicking it off, we're going to do like a spoiler-free 
thought of what we thought of us walking yes. out of the theater. We got a very cool screening of draw I want to talk about in a second. And uh, we want to go into Twilight Zone as well because Jordan Peele, it's kind of ignited this, uh, with Black Mirror as well and a couple other genres and, and, and properties, they've ignited this cool new renaissance of horror, it feels like. There's, um, a, there's even, even movies like with Universal and like Blumhouse, sometimes they do, well, Blumhouse made yeah. us, but sometimes they'll do like that uh, Happy Death Day mm-hmm. and Happy Death Day to You and like uh, uh, Escape Room, yeah. or whatever. And it's, they're pretty you know inoffensive yeah. mostly but in there in the weeds you do get like an us or uh get out or whatever where it's like yeah. no there's people care about these and they're amazing uh right like James we're, getting, we're getting midsummer uh that might I, I might need to have a beer before we go into that one. i'm gonna that's how i physically felt after hereditary i'm gonna need to like eat up before. I think uh, Ari Aster the guy that directed Hereditary and his new Midsommar said Midsommar is Wizard of Oz for perverts I so in Hollywood there's yeah. a lot of people who try to like when they're creating a property they always try to take this property and this property to describe their property yeah. like uh, a friend of ours was like this is like Steven Universe meets Harry Potter and mm-hmm. I'm like so I don't know Steven Universe but I do like Harry Potter so I'm uh, on board with this in. idea yeah, yeah, yeah. that's an awful pitch where it's like it's like Wizard of Oz and then any in Pornhub uh, yeah. had a baby but it's the dark part of Pornhub that they don't even want to acknowledge yeah, exactly. there Ugh. I'm going to watch it. <laughs> I have to. But, yeah, no. With when are we going to get a Pornhub movie, you think? Oh, <laughs> clock's ticking. It's coming. It's Ooh. a brand. People recognize. They recognize it. It puts people in the seats. <laughs> it puts something in the seats. Anyway. Zinger. Uh, but, no, let's, so talk, let's about talk about. This is Us, which is the story of, <laughs> of a girl. A couple family. Who's trying to remember when drowned the whole world? Sam gets it. Sam gets me. It took me a second. So, uh, so you've probably seen trailers for it. Uh, yeah, don't worry. I oh, I've got the yeah. IMDb summary. The classic, tried and true. Also, earlier I mentioned Just a Dream. That's a song by Nelly. In case anybody was wondering. If anyone was looking for that Easter egg. Is there a reason, is there a reason we're not supposed to like Nelly? Is he done things? Don't know, but... We do like Jordan Peele, and he wrote and directed and produced Us. And here's a quickie synopsis. A family's serenity turns to chaos when a group of doppelgangers, yes, doppelgangers, begins to terrorize them. And uh, this stars Lupita Nyong'o, Winston Duke, Elizabeth Moss, Tim Heidecker. Uh, We have uh, Evan Alex and Shade Wright-Joseph, Yaya Abdul-Mateen II, Anna Diop. There's a... Good amount of talented people in this movie. Yeah, and at least a few superheroes or superhero adjacent people. Yeah, yeah. they've been in a property or two. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Over on Rotten Tomatoes right now, it's currently at 94%. Uh, it says, with Jordan Peele's second inventive, ambitious horror film, we have seen how to beat the sophomore jinx, and it is us. Uh, it, the audience score is only 72%. Which is interesting. Could you really quick look up uh, Get Out to see the audience score? Yes. Because that was sitting at 100% for a while in a couple of jerks a couple of wet blankets there you go. ruined it because um because they there just wanted to yeah okay so 2017 yeah good track record 86 percent like get out all right so there's it's not as it's not as universally loved i mean 86 ain't nothing to you know bad naya that's still no. that's that's good but with us we walked into a very special screening over at the ipic theater or one of the ipic theaters in los angeles and yes. i discovered these a few years ago they're very few i think there's only two in los angeles it is one of the theaters you get where it's a you get into like like Barco loungers, not just recliners. Mm-hmm. Like these are primo. There's a blanket. You get blanket. 
blankets and pillows, and you have a table in between. Like the, basically, you're paired off in twos. So yeah. wherever you bring like your date, you guys get to sit in your own little area, and uh, you get a full menu with uh, like really good food and good cocktails. And the event we went to was very fun because they offered dinner and free drinks and free candy. That was that was win. that was special. And we're not that talking a... like Halloween candy, little bite-sized pieces of garbage. We're getting full bars, people. Yeah. I had a full pack of red vines after a glass of wine and fries. I was not feeling good, but I <laughs> yeah, I would realize I was I had a bunch of the food and then I had the whole bag of popcorn and then I had the candy. So when I got home, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to shit myself. <laughs> Ooh, again, clock ticking. Yeah, that was that by that was self inflicted. That was on me. But hey, sometimes a little overindulgent, mm-hmm. you know, is it, it was good times had I, by I all. I still struggle saying no to free food. If you know what, that's how they get you. Mm-hmm. They butter you up. And with buttered popcorn and buttered burgers. Um, But guess what, gang? We also got buttered up by seeing a couple celebrities there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Specifically, we saw Little Rel, and he was the friend in Get Out. If you're also familiar with the TSA agent in that one, Mm -hmm. that's great. He's also now a world-renowned comedian. He's been in in Bird Box. He's in lots of stuff. He's doing very well for himself. Uncle Drew. Now, Uncle Drew. Mm -hmm. I was... I was very surprised to see him. Uh, he's he's very Hollywood now. Mm-hmm. He's looking he's looking fresh. Uh, we also saw the lead actress from Wrinkle in Time. Yes, and she's a tall. She was also she, wearing heels, but she was not she tall. Was, yeah, shockingly tall. <laughs> uh-huh. I was like, wow, you have the same glasses from the movie. <laughs> and also, Kid Cudi was there, which yeah. I missed that one. Uh, I'm only we're only bragging a little bit because um, we thought it was going to be a normal like they shove critics into a room <laughs> and like watch the movie. Don't you dare think about tweeting. <laughs> That's a classic movie. That's that's our normal. That's our normal situation. And this was, and we got pampered a little bit, and yeah. it's sometimes fun to talk about. So, but hey, don't worry. That doesn't get in the way of us giving you an honest to god review. It's tra- no, I'm it's, kidding. No, I'm kidding. No, we had a good time. Also, ran to Steve Zaragoza, familiar with yes. SourceFed. Owen Carter, familiar yeah. with SourceFed. SourceFed adjacent. He's an editor there. Mm-hmm part of the team yes but let's hop into our overall thoughts and i will preface this with going into theaters i think i do a pretty good job personally i'm not gonna speak for dj but i think i do a pretty good job of removing any expectations i had for a movie based on someone's previous work i think i have a i can't say that i don't get excited for things yeah especially marvel movies so i can't get dis- disappointed um ant-man and the wasp <laughs> <laughs> didn't hate it I don't hate this movie, but I, I think I went in with a, li- a few expectations, especially yeah. when it comes to the cast and just Jordan Peele's track record right now and what's coming up with Twilight Zone. I'm very excited. The way this movie was advertised, I was very on board as well. Agreed. So kicking it off, uh, DJ, would you like to you want to say share sure. some spoiler-free thoughts? Um, I Overall, I really enjoyed this movie. I thought it was a really um, – it was scary when it needed to be, and it did a good job executing that and being creative in that. It was funny when it needed to be without undercutting. I think – um, wow, that's a really tough it can be a really tough type of road to walk but the humor and the scary and I think they complement each other well it's just tough to have one undercut the other this did an excellent job of that I thought you, across the board Lupita Nyong'o uh, Winston Duke um, uh, Hand, Handmaid's Tale girl Elizabeth Moss Elizabeth Moss just really 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 great performances um, especially if you've seen the trailers, when you get to the dual performances, really great work. Especially when you ask and somebody distinct. like distinct. They're yeah. very. Sp- there's one character I'd say that's not as distinct, but it's, <laughs> I think it's it's very intentional for yeah. what they're trying to show, and it, it does create a little levity, which I appreciate. Yeah, and it's it's, it's interesting. A lot of times you'll add, you'll you'll see a movie where you can just tell they told the actor like be crazy, and everybody does. Everybody is crazy the same way. It, I think this a good is analogy like, is crazy. You see in a haunted house at yeah, a county fair. Like, Ooh, yeah. it's like somebody doing a bad Joker impression. Um, but this is not that. It's very specific performances, and they're really good. I will say, 
it feels to me watching the movie the movie is very much trying to tell you something like give give a message and i am not completely confident of what that message is and specifically at the end of the movie i was like wait time out what does that mean mm-hmm. <laughs> like well hold on a second i don't know it's when you and you go back and you're like i don't know if that actually makes sense based off the information you gave me in the movie mm-hmm. um but again that said as just a kind of like a thrill ride which which a lot of a lot of movies just are, they're meant to be thrill rides and they're not as well crafted as this thrill ride is so props to that and there's this there's some really great imagery specifically no spoilers uh at the end with with um Lupita Nyong'o there's a sequence at the end that's like really really good uh so I really enjoyed it I didn't enjoy it as much as Get Out if I were to compare it to something um, but I definitely recommend going seeing it. I definitely recommend seeing it in theaters. I think yes. that definitely helps as well. I would have actually, even though not to poo-poo the very cool experience we had to go see this movie, I think a regular movie theater might have helped with the kind of, not scares, but the tension. Because in Get Out, there were, everyone was sweating. You know, like I the, love that there was one person in our screening, a screening that was like nervous laughing. Like, <laughs> like something horrifying would happen, and they laughed, but you could tell it wasn't because they thought it was funny. It's that they just needed to let a sound out of their body. <laughs> or like make sure that, like letting themselves know it's okay. It's, it's okay. It's, it's going to okay. be okay. <laughs> For myself, for Sam, if I may speak on his behalf, yes. I please uh, kicking off this movie. I'm like, this is this is really cool. When it kicks into the scares, I'll say that my in my mindset was like, okay, maybe we maybe we went to zero to two hundred, and I, mm-hmm. I might not be knowing what's happening right now. But I also I'm like, you know, what? this is bold. It's really not. It's cutting to the chase, and we're getting into it. I'm like, cool. We're gonna get. We're gonna. We're gonna be able to understand exactly what's happening. And mm-hmm. it's like. Uh oh. Okay. Um. I don't think I am. I don't mm-hmm. think I am. And I'm like, by the end of it, I think I had a better. I was more okay with what we ended up learning about mm-hmm. what, or trying to figure out what Jordan Peele was trying to say. Yeah. Uh. And so I, I I came to terms with like that, and I was like, oh okay. Like I I I I understand enough of what you're trying to say, and I think I agree with you that sometimes, I don't know if everything, if all the rules they set up were followed yeah i think this this is a movie like get out it requires a couple of viewings yeah and that's okay yeah. and i but i also i I'm, i when i say required i'm not saying it's like it's homework i'm like <laughs> i want i do want to go see it again yes um and i would see it in theaters again because i want to be able to pick up on more and more things it's like hereditary i wish i could have i wish i had the stomach to go watch it again in theaters because i knew it yeah. was hiding a lot of stuff early on <laughs> get out i saw five times in theaters yeah i i absolutely loved it and I do like, I think the messaging get out is just cleaner. It's like, yeah. it's a cleaner thing for people to understand. The setup's cleaner. The the point it's trying to make is cleaner. And and to be fair, it's it's tough to have something that like elegant to just, it's that, that's a rare gift to have like a premise and a thesis that that's, that's that elegant and that well executed. So it's not really us's fault. That's yeah. not as like there you know i uh leaving this i was like i can't actually talk to anybody else about this because i want them to enjoy this i enjoyed them i enjoyed the experience through and through and they the only thing i could say was that if i gave get out an a plus which i do Mm -hmm. i would give this an a minus and i think uh like and i think it's hovering right there the more i think about it the more i think about like the craftsmanship that went into it from the music god damn it it's we looked in this this guy's only scored get out and then this this. and he's so gifted and the the performances from lupita nyong'o it's winston duke and the kids and tim heidecker and elizabeth moss winston duke does such an incredible job of making me forget of umbaku Mm-hmm. The role is so. This is the uh, I saw somebody describe it as like the dad 
joke vibe and it's like yeah that's and he just he just nails it and it completely makes me forget like the hulking monster he is in black panther you know he, you know what it's the it's the frat guy that's like he's the okay he's the frat guy you can deal with he's the frat guy like 20 years later that he's kind of settled down yeah he settled down but he's like He's still scared at heart, but he can kind of give that broy vibe. But it's one of those like uh, if he was coming he did in football, <laughs> if he was coming in like Mbaku, I'd be like, yeah, I'm not worried about the situation at all. But like the vibe he gets, is like oh, he might not get out of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he might actually not get out of this. He definitely comes through the ringer. I feel like more than I mean, besides Lupita Nyong'o, they he yeah. gets. The, the, the director Jordan Peele feels the most okay with beating him up the most did you see there's an interview he did with Rotten Tomatoes did you see the interview with Jordan Peele talking about why he finds rabbits scary no yeah he went on a, he goes on a big he legitimately finds rabbits terrifying he's like if you're close to them you can tell they're little sociopaths you put a rabbit brain in a person that's Michael Myers <laughs> Really? Yeah. You know what? And then Lupita Nyong'o was making fun of him in another interview. She's like, yeah, but I am afraid of butterflies. And it's like, oh, hold on a second. (laughs) I do know a lot of people who are afraid of butterflies. That's a weird. weird, I mean, they do look gross up front. I mean, they look like bugs. And and compared to moths, which a lot of people don't like. Moths are not as fun. I do like. I mean, I don't dislike moths. I I, I like them because I think they're they're, they're weirdly like, why are they furry? That's so weird. (laughs) And I can get why that's gross. I like them. But... Weird thing I learned about rabbits, which is really depressing and dark. If you catch them, mm-hmm. like wild ones, not like pets or that have been slightly tamed a little bit, yeah. they will kick out their back legs until they snap their spine and die. Because they'd rather, as prey, they're like, I don't want to be alive when they get eaten. Whoa! Right? That, if you want something that's yeah. like fucking crazy, that's something that they do. Hedgehogs wipe their own shit on themselves. <laughs> Let's talk about weird things rodents do. I th- but hey... You yeah. know, we all got our weird fears. We got all our weird fears, man. I don't like being around knives. I know that doesn't sound like the craziest, but I don't yeah, like knives are sharp. I don't like seeing it when someone's like uh, like cooking, and I'm like, cool. So I'm going to watch you until you put that down. Did I don't you, think you're going to. Did you have me. a knife experience? My mom, growing up, uh, would constantly like accidentally nick herself all the time, and then she's like, hey, "Bandit," and just keep going. I'm like, "It's happening so much. I know you're stressed, and you're supporting the family, and you're a goddamn rock, and you're awesome. But please get you some protective gloves." chainmail gloves oh my god so that's definitely a big thing that i don't like anywho with this movie it is i'd say it's more of a horror movie than get out is throughout yeah and uh because get out kind of it bites its time it's like i'm unsettled but i don't know what's happening yeah this this is more conventional horror stuff although when i say conventional that sounds bad it does a good job with those elements yeah but it leans into it i'm like oh i'm actually super on board with this and it finds ways to like subvert them and mess around with them uh, it's definitely Jordan Peele's definitely a dude that knows what he's doing, mm-hmm. and there are some super fun ideas that need to be we need to dive into when we get into spoilers. And yeah. actually, for weeks on end, I think there's even more. I got you know I applaud him for being able to build out these big ideas that need to be discussed, not because um, I, because I think because of the social implications. Um, but also, it's like fun mysteries are fun. It's like Lost. It's like yeah. what, what is the smoke monster? Guess what. Oh, they didn't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why does it make typewriter sounds? You know what? It's something. That, you know what? It's something I think uh, makes him successful at this, and I'm sure I'm the very first person to think of this. Uh, it's that uh, satire brain. It's I think if if you're really good at satire, you're making fun of something. You have to know how it works and secretly love it. Like I was just reading an article today that mentioned uh, the Lego Batman movie and um, how how great. And, and I was just thinking like the Lego movies do such a good job of dismantling Batman, but you can tell it's from a place of genuinely loving the character. And that's why, you know, the things that, that are silly or don't work or that like, you know, he'd be, he'd be kind of a blowhard jerk. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think it's that ability to 
to that to dismantle something like a horror movie like you know what makes it tick and so he's able to utilize those and that stuff in effective ways did you see lawn friend of the show uh his fandom slash screen junkies breakdown of the lego movie too no of the style of writing that phil or and chris miller have kind of popularized it is he described it as well he didn't describe someone else has coined the term but he used it to it he attributed it to their writing style called post postmodernism or metamodernism where mm-hmm. it is ironic and you can make fun of it, and there's a little cynical, but at the same time, in that cynicism, you do see the genuine, like, yeah. like in the first Lego movie, when you look at, like, um, they say, hang in there. It's like, a, <laughs> part of the set just broke, and it's got way brighter in here. But anyways, in that movie, there's always, like, uh, think of, like, a cat poster, and at the mm-hmm. end, it is just a cat poster, but it doesn't mean that that message of hang in there or believe in yourself isn't wrong. Yeah. It's, we can make fun of it, but also see the truth in there. Yeah. And that's a great way of looking at it. But Speaking of feel-good messages, before we dive any deeper in this episode, do you want to stop in and look at some of our iTunes reviews? I'm already looking at it. That people have lovingly left. Uh, in, if you listen to this podcast on iTunes, because statistically you probably do, mm-hmm. uh, you can go and leave us a five-star review. And it really does genuinely help out the podcast. And if you've done it before, you can do it again. But we love we read all of them. And sometimes we read them on the show. You want to do the first one or the second one? I'll, do, I'll intro you on the first okay. one. This is from Davey Backerstep. He hey, says, friend the best of the show. dang podcast period. And he's also watching live hey uh i have officially listened to all episodes of only stupid answers and will continue to i love that dj and sam don't have to agree on everything but their inputs make me agree with both of them they introduced me many to me many of the new and old favorite things i can't stop recommending these bad boys to everyone i know that's a good boy you got to tell all your friends to listen to only stupid answers so this other one is from Oh, that's why I gave it to you. Oh, and Shevd, my favorite podcast. I immigrated from New Rock Stars about a month ago, and I am so glad I did. This has quickly become my favorite podcast and has replaced, replaced my music during car rides. These moist boys are the best duo and bless all the listeners' ears. We really appreciate when you Thank guys go you. and do that. It makes us feel real nice and special. And again, it does genuinely help the podcast. It does. I don't know if you guys know. We barely do the back end of podcast work. This is how it helps. So if you'd like to write one or if you've written one before, you can go do that over at iTunes. Break into an Apple store. We don't condone crime, but just saying that is where they have a bunch of Macs you can log in. They, they do. Make an Apple ID. So you gave us a A minus. I'd probably give it a B plus or basically in the same we're like I think we're like two points away from each other. Yeah. Like, I think there's there are some criticisms we can get into, yeah. which I think with a movie that's worked this hard, these they come from a place of love. Yeah. And uh, I can't wait to watch it again. Agreed. With that, Agreed. though, I'm looking forward I can't to wait to see what else Jordan Peele does. Yeah. And with that, he's working with CBS All Access. Also, he worked with YouTube. I've never watched his series on there. YouTube Red, he has a series yeah. that he released that's getting that's a lot of praise. City? I think something like that. Okay. Sounds right. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. Uh, somebody with a globe or a <laughs> crystal ball holding it. But with that, he is revitalizing the Twilight Zone. And I want to, we mentioned Twilight Zone and kind of dove into it when Danny Fernandez was on when we talked about Alita Battle Angel. Yes. Uh, Twilight Zone is something that I hold that was a near. a couple weeks ago, by the way, if uh, you want to check that one you out. Go listen again if you want to. Um, Twilight Zone is something I hold near and dear to my heart because it was really important to uh, like my childhood. My my dad is a huge Twilight Zone fan, and he would show us the episodes that he thought we could handle uh, at a young age. He did try Eye of the Beholder, which is a like the most popular Twilight Zone episode. I I think it's fair to say, yeah. and it did scare me a lot as a kid. The nice. pig faces definitely gave me nightmares. Weird City, by the way, is the name of his YouTube series. There are these. Um, and so seeing Jordan Peele take a swing at revitalizing this story, it makes me excited. And guess what? This is not 
the first time these no. it's been relaunched. It is not even the second time. This is the third time. It was relaunched so, in 85. So the original series began in... 1959. Okay. My father was four years old, nice. which is so weird because the ch- that's his childhood show that he couldn't watch and really understand. Mine mm-hmm. was like Friends and Seinfeld and stuff like yeah. that, where I was born the year Friends came out. Yeah. Or the year before, like a few months before that aired. And that's mind-blowing to me. Um, so this was kind of the same thing for him, and it's just so iconic. So that started in 1959. Rod Serling created it, and he'd been into the pulp fiction scene he's a big fan of it and also he was i've read a lot of anecdotes about how he was uh what's a good way to say someone who talks a lot what's mm-hmm. a fun what's a fun uh, way? fun uh exuberant exuberant jabberjaw mm-hmm. something like that where it just kind of flap his mouth yeah. a lot and it's like only smart things coming out one anecdote i heard, read was that um on a family car trip and he's an adult and mm-hmm. so his i think it's like his siblings are driving or something like that so okay. family members driving and in the back are some kids and he's sitting there in the back by the window so he's kind of looking out three-hour car ride and they had all agreed like hey let's just not talk and mm-hmm. see what happens he filled the entire car ride with constant talking constant him just figuring stuff out asking things but didn't matter because he was already mm-hmm. on the next thing it's so funny anyways he took and and something he liked to talk about a lot besides pulp uh, sci-fi and fantasy was uh, political discourse or the current state of America. Yeah. I even read an interview before prepping for this is that um, the creator of Star Trek, who's the creator of Star Trek? Gene Roddenberry. He did the eulogy or one of the eulogies at Rod Serling's funeral. And he said that uh, Rod Serling had a deep love for humanity and he knew that he it had potential to be great. You can see that in Twilight Zone. You can yeah. see that he knew that it, we've got some bad apples or some genuine things that we need to overcome when it comes to fear and prejudices and racism. But deep down, we can be better. And yeah. you can see that. You can see the dark and the light of that in the Twilight Zone, and I think that's why I love it so much. And I want to get into the favorite episodes. Is it Charlie Booker that does uh, Black Mirror? Yes. I don't think he, he feels the same way. I don't think so. I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I yeah, San Junipero is a way that, like, that in that one dating episode. I think yeah. you watched a dating episode, yes, too. Yes, I did. Which I found to be okay. Like, it's uh, it's cool that it's positive, but yeah. um, it, it's okay. Yeah. I don't know what the message is at the end of it's weird. I mean, if you think about the people. lives of that, it's a nightmare for them. Yeah. They're just, whatever. We don't need to get off on that tangent. Yeah, that's a different thing. But so, so it started in 1959, and it was rebooted again in... 1985. That was the first one. That was CBS taking a swing at it. I will. Do pull you know up, who the host was? I will pull it up really quick. I know that in 2000, they did a, the second reboot with Forrest Whitaker as the host. And those were... A, that was in 2000? That was in 2000, yeah. Uh, the first one, the original series, aired from 1959 to 1964. The first revival was 1985 to 1989. And um, there, there was a lot of people on the production team. Uh, there were... Oh, let me see if I can pull this up really quick. Yeah, it's a green lit. And they, there were some reboots, but also there was a lot of newer uh, stories that were told in that, which is pretty cool. Um, then that ended. It was brought back in 2002, excuse me, to 2003. It was very short-lived, and a lot of it was just reboots where, like, you had the monsters are uh, the monsters are on Maple Street instead of the monsters are due on Maple Street or yeah. still a good life compared to it's a good life. Um, and then they did, like, Eye of the Beholder but redone. And I it's watched, a bummer. There was no, apparently there was no host for the, the 1980s one, which feels like a missed opportunity. I mean, like, it's tough to step into Rod Serling's shoes, mm-hmm. you know? I wonder why Forrest Whitaker in the... Maybe like why he, him of all people? He was pretty, not that he's not great. He is great. He is great, but also he's a pretty big name. I mean, a lot yeah. of this Twilight Zone's held near and dear to a lot of people's hearts, and it's definitely been an inspiration to a lot of modern day filmmakers, especially when it comes to sci-fi, like J.J. Abrams. And yeah. I feel like it's one of those things, like compared to like like The Godfather and Scarface and everything. It's like one of those things that everyone's just kind of seen at least a piece of it. Yeah. Um, the third revival, actually, the first 
excuse me, a little hiccup. The first swing it, uh, at, someone took a swing at it with uh, reviving it uh, back in 2012. And that was Brian Singer. And I'm glad that we yeah, that's backed fine. off after yeah, that. That's fine. Uh, and we also had uh, Ken Levine, who was attached to it as well in 2016. But then November 2017 is when it was announced that Jordan Peele was going to be taking a swing at reviving it. And it looks like he's doing some nods and winks and whatevers to the original series. But really, it's just a... It, it's a new show and new adventures where you're with old able, Christine um, and we have old Christine yeah. a shout out Phil Coulson uh, one of my favorite lines it was a quote from Rod Serling where he says um, and I think I feel like you may have mentioned this um, maybe it was Danny who mentioned it but he said there are things a Martian can say that a, a Democrat and a Republican can't say yeah. and I really like that where yeah. he can tell a political story from his point of view or whatnot, and he, he can get a message across that is clearer and yeah. we can understand it you can have disagreements with it but it's easier for audiences to just be able to consume it when yeah. it's not coming from a strictly political point of view Same, a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down there you go yeah. and this say uh, this sugar comes from mars <laughs> and it's martian sugar it's martian sugar and there is some of my favorite lessons and some of my favorite point of views or definitely it inspired my love of sci-fi um when i was a kid it, it i was always like a fan of like oh space isn't that fun you mm-hmm. get to wear the fun suits you float yeah it's the closest we get to flying in mm-hmm. real life because there's nothing holding you down not Did, really yeah, yeah um that, and, that's true and so when i got to finally dive in and watch all of these shows uh, watch all the episodes of the original series it's hard because um some of the way they were broadcast originally <laughs> it was I, I never knew that tv shows were broadcast this way fun little trivia mm-hmm. is that they would shoot it edit it, make it like a movie. And to get it broadcasted out, they would play it on a TV and then a camera that would broadcast it out like a live like live news, mm-hmm. that would be in front of the TV to mm-hmm. get it and push it out. That's yeah. how that would get out. And I'm like, what? Why? That's why sometimes like the way it's process and the way it looks it looks even more deteriorated because mm-hmm. there's so many layers that it had to go through to get out and now it's been like remastered revitalized and, and yeah. it's like so that's why it's sometimes hard to watch some of those episodes but i remember the first one i watched was a santa claus episode because of course you have to have a christmas yeah. episode classic classic and um it was the a mall santa who's a drunk and mm-hmm. talking about like just it's a nihilistic way of looking at life and it's like oh he's not a fun santa yeah. but in a in a santa claus uh, Tim Allen esque way he becomes Santa and he uh, and it's a cool message of like uh, rediscovery of yourself and figuring out and kind of working on your own problems and yeah. seeing the meaning of life and um, the shared experience that we have where we're able to all come together and um, be together and be honest and if the very least just spread joy and I'm like that's, that's really cool I also read one of the very first inspirations of Rod Sterling had for the Twilight Zone where it was a story of a man who's having nightmares that he mm-hmm. was in Pearl Harbor it was the night before uh, the attack and yeah. he was saying there's going to be a surprise attack and no one would listen to him mm-hmm. he'd go to his therapist and he would say um, he could tell the story and he's like well like and it, the, the guy believed it was real he's like yeah. it was real I could feel my my shoes on the dirt like I, I could I could feel people like when I grabbed their clothes like it was real yeah and then the doctor was like, well, if it was real, you wouldn't be able to change anything. You Just because of paradoxes, like it happened. So the only reason you have a knowledge of it is because it happened. So you yeah. can't do anything about it. And then we had, he has one final dream where he is shot by one of the Japanese pilots as he's like, you know, they're dive bombing yeah. and everything. And then all of a sudden the, the therapist, oh, that guy's not in for a, his meeting. And he goes to a local bar and you see on the wall one of the people we lost during Pearl Harbor. And it's... <gasps> The guy and mm-hmm. it's like uh oh that <laughs> I think there's a lot of holes in that. Yeah. 
don't yeah. think that makes a lot of sense. But hey, who cares? Because uh, good times have by all, and it led to the Twilight Zone. When it comes to the Twilight Zone DJ, yes. what would you say is, uh, wh- what was one of the first ones you've watched? Or what's one that you that I think maybe you're most familiar with? The I, one I I'm most familiar way. with is, because I've seen several episodes of the Twilight Zone. It's hard but not twi- to. Twilight Zone kind of exists uh, as something I appreciate, but as like an idea, a thing. Like, a, like the, the whole Twilight Zone. I, yeah. On its own. Just exists in my brain as this type of idea. You Isn't know what it I mean? Weird that it existed. Like Doctor yeah. Who was a version of this weird sci-fi, educational, yeah. opinionated, whatever thing that happened in the UK. We got it because PBS, but you know what? We didn't. I don't feel like America really paid yeah. attention to it. But Twilight Zone that was extremely popular. And it's weird. Yeah, it's really weird. It's really weird. But the one that I'm most familiar with is the one with the guy that just wants to be left alone and read, and the apocalypse happens. And he's like, finally, I get to read all my books. And then his, his glasses break. Classic. And it's like, oh, the irony. The, I, the irony. The irony. Specifically, that is, I had the list here, um, Time Enough at Last. Mm-hmm. It's from season one. They had a lot of episodes. Let me go ahead and pull up the episode list here because I was looking. 400. The first season had 36 episodes. They are Jeez. 20 minutes, but like that's not nothing, yeah. especially at the time. Season two, 29. Season three, 37. Season four, 18. And the final season that aired from 1963 to 1964, you had 36 episodes. Jeez. Yeah. What happened in season four? There's only 18 episodes. 18 episodes. Um, well, it aired a lot short. I mean, it's because it's not. we didn't have the, the, right, the same syndication mm-hmm. kind of schedule. Situation. That aired from January 3rd to May 23rd. Okay. 18 episodes still aired during there. That's like um, when a show gets bought out by another station and they mm-hmm. have to make a series really quick. Yeah. Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Scrubs, if you, if you have. <laughs> Sam Basher. Hmm. Getting fit is not easy. Mm, no, you know, like you watch videos of Michael B. Jordan working out, and you're like, I can do that, and then mm-hmm. you try to do it at home, and you're end up pulling, pulling muscle. I'm not talking about from experience, okay? I've heard stories. He makes everything look easy. He took he a punch me. to the face, and he made it look like it was not a big deal. Yeah, he made it look like I could and, do that. And then I took a punch to the face, and it was I was in the hospital for a week, and no, I'm like, hold on a second. No one would punch me in the face, so I just closed the door on my face really <laughs> fast. And boy, howdy, did I not like that? At all. <laughs> I was not a fan. But going back to <laughs> <laughs> working out, the point is, it is not easy okay so everybody would like something to make it easier which is why we love our pals over at open open fit because they are bringing us something new to make it easier for us to stay healthy be healthy live healthy open fit takes all the complexity out of losing weight and getting fit it's a brand new super simple streaming service that allows you to work out from the comfort of your living room in as little as 10 minutes a day i can tell you taking out the extra steps of having to go to the gym and being able to start my workout regimen with something as little as 10 minutes now i'm now i'm up to like 30 to 40 minutes a day but but when you start off with doing that 10 minutes a day helps you create a rhythm and so doing workouts like open fit from the comfort of your own home has been a huge help to me to become healthier. The other thing is everybody's bodies are different and OpenFit gets that, which is why it is personalized to your needs with custom tailored original content. It has amazing classes that are led by some of the most effective and engaging trainers in the world. You can sculpt your body with Andrea Rogers, founder of the worldwide sensation Extend Bar, or get in crazy good shape with Hunter McIntyre, named by Sports Illustrated as one of the top 50 fittest athletes. These trainers know how to get your results 
quick. And it's super simple. Forget all the complexity and stress of getting fit and just press play. I love that. It's the easiest thing. Yes. It's so nice. You know, like with uh, your streaming service, play. Exactly. Guess what happens? Ten hours goes by. <laughs> gone. In this friends, one. Friends took it. In this one, I can get healthy. Boom. Gone. And guess what I got? Abs. But you can work it on your own schedule. 600 seconds with celebrity trainer Devin Wiggins packs the fat burning, muscle building, and body sculpting benefits of much longer sessions into a fraction of the time. I'm a Flash fan, so when you say faster, I'm a big fan. Sam just wants to go fast. You can also access it anywhere at any time. You can view it on your computer, web-enabled TV, tablet, smartphone, and Roku. Wow. It also gives you results you can see. You can lose up to 15 pounds in just the first 30 days. Flatten your abs, shape your body, and look and feel Great. Well, they actually sent us a little trial, so I, I took a peep around. I knock, 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 made my left myself in, and I tried out a few workouts. Specifically, I tried Yoga Fifty Two because I saw my roommates doing yoga. Yeah, and I was like, I should be doing. This. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> First, I was like that being good for me, being a little brat about it, but then I was like, I, I should do that because I um walked out to my car, attempted to reach down to get my keys, and I got winded on the way up. So I need to work out yeah, more. Yeah. And OpenFit has a pretty good interface, I'll tell you. It's, 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 it's simple and clean. Uh, and compared to other workout uh, programs that I've used before, I do like that it's everything's streamlined. Exactly. That's very important. So it's like there are different workouts that can fit different people's needs, mm-hmm. especially my weird body. Yeah. And I like that it's not hard. I don't have to like go hunting for it or like you know read. Exactly. You oh. do have to read. <laughs> you do. Sorry. 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 Uh, Spoiler. You sorry. do have to read. Little, <laughs> little addendum. You do have to be able to read to use this. OpenFit has changed the way we work out and it can change the way you work out. If you use our code STUPID, you can join us on a fitness journey personalized just for you. Again, use our code STUPID and start using OpenFit fit for your journey to a healthier life. Right now, during the OpenFit 30-Day Challenge, our listeners get a special extended 30-day free trial membership to OpenFit, where you can lose up to 15 pounds in 30 days when you text STUPID to 303030. That's 303030. You'll get full access to OpenFit, all of their workouts and nutrition information, my personal favorite, totally free. Totally free. I I love that price point. Just text... What about your phone Boom. and text? There it is. Stupid, S T U P I D, to 303030. And uh, let us know if you like it because we're using it. We need friends to do it with. Back to the show. But I did want to say the episodes, I've mentioned already the episodes that I really like, but um, uh, the one at Knocking at Death's, Death's Door is Robert Redford. It's a beautiful, it's the first time like I, I saw a really beautiful understanding of what death could mean because mm-hmm. the only experience I had of death is estranged relatives um, and my grandma. And yeah. that was, oof, that was um, a rough day, I'd yeah. say. I think that's a fair assessment yeah. of that day. And that's all I had. And, Five years later, I watched this, and I wasn't like still like reeling from it. Yeah. But you know, it's like a I couldn't listen to Josh Groban's "You Raise Me Up" because that was used in the uh, play during the memorial video, and I couldn't listen to it because I would cry. And like yeah. our whole family was like, "And we just don't play that song. Mm-hmm. If it's it's beautiful, we just don't listen to it because it's going to make us all cry." Um, but the monsters are due on Maple Street. It was a really just just a clear cut way of looking at how paranoia and prejudices uh, paranoia can make all your deep-seated prejudices or your problems just manifest really fast yeah. and it's such a and like it's so stupid you ever seen the episode no at the end of the episode it's so stupid it cuts to all the episode all you see is a point of view of the uh, in this neighborhood plain regular america middle class neighborhood you see um a shadow go overhead people don't really know what it is but they're like it's probably 
hands mm-hmm. and then they start turning on each other only the power goes out so yeah. it's like uh oh what does this mean and that's when they turn on each other everyone goes violent things go to shit that's the end of the story but then it zooms out and it goes to like this clearly like sound stage <laughs> like mm-hmm. and these guys with big heads and he's holding like an rc con- controller and he's like blah, 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 moving stuff around yeah. he's like ah yes they did exactly as we wanted. We now move on to another Maple Street. And then so the thing is, the experiment's just on Maple Street, yeah. which as why with an alien, pick <laughs> that as the... Because ma- it's fun to say. It's it fun is. to say Maple Street. Um, Are you familiar with like other, other anthology shows? Um, well, I mean, I've watched Black Mirror, and I think there's... I mean, what's an example that you have Are in you mind? afraid of the dark? See, I was too young to watch. Yeah, that. are you afraid of the dark? I was, I was at a prime time for that, and that was really cool to me. I think they're bringing that back. Maybe it's a movie which feels like dumb to me. Like, like, come on, man! Like, do bring the show back. This is the perfect with the success of Black Mirror and all the stuff that's going on. The pro- pro- probable success of this show. It's the perfect time to bring back that back. Also, and they've been talking about bringing this back forever. Um, uh, Tales from the Crypt. Mm. Tales from the Crypt is great. Yeah, M Night was connected to that for a second. And then it was supposed to be on TNT, and now it's like a, uh, that's not, not happening. happening. But Tales from the Crypt, if you go back to the classic, I believe it aired on HBO. That was one of the older HBO original series. The classic Tales from the Crypt with the Crypt Keeper. They're great because they're just grime. I mean, because they're they're based off the old pulp comic series. They're like just grimy, gross uh, uh, fables. That's it. And also, I believe there's a movie called Tales from the Dark Side, which might have been like the Twilight Zone where it was a show, and then it became a, a an anthology movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I watched that movie on Netflix, and it was pretty great. There's specifically, I might be getting this wrong. Yeah, I'm thinking of it. There's so many, there were so many, I think it was around the time of the Twilight Zone movie, there were so many um, anthology movies uh, so I might be mixing it up because there's one with a gargoyle that's actually pretty great. Maybe it is Tales from the Dark Side. Oh, uh, Tales of the Crypts Demon Knights. I've never heard of that one before. You familiar that was, with that one? Yeah, that was a, a movie. It is. It is. Uh, uh, there's a short in Tales from the Dark Side with a gargoyle that's pretty great. Um, they had movies. They had, they had uh, movies that weren't anthologies, mm-hmm. but they were just um, different, just standalone tales that were kind of like... It's the classic, like, uh, trauma type of, like, oh, there's a monster in gore, and there's some titties over there. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh, charming. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Ace classic. What are you supposed to do? Hey, what are you going to do? Different, different time. time. Different time. Different what are you going to do? Lincoln statement, different time. Uh, yeah. Uh, I did want to mention, kind of bringing it back to Jordan Peele, because there's no way we're not going to be able to, we're not going to see, like, current political climate uh, situations, like, with, like, what had Trump have you, white nationalism, or whatever. It's like, again... By the way, a quick notice. This is not a political podcast, so we're not going to get into opinions. I'm just saying this is probably what we're going to see. Yeah. And I did want to mention one Twilight Zone episode that I think could be adapted in a way that's a little bit cleaner, even though I think Rod Sterling did a really good job with it. It's called The Obsolete Man. Okay. And it is a future society. And the a judge uh, is ruling that this librarian mm-hmm. uh, is like, uh-uh, book's bad, you know, classic, mm-hmm. like, dystopian. And he's, he's going to be assassinated. And, or assassinated. Mm-hmm. He's going to be uh, executed, executed yeah. but he chooses to be uh, uh, killed via uh, tele- he wants to be televised yeah. and um, it, and it's in this room that he's put in and the chancellor always comes in and says something before the person dies like like the last rite what have you and the librarian closes the door mm-hmm. and, then, and basically he's going to be killed via can you guess did yes. I already say bomb oh, so bomb. Uh, it's ticking down mm-hmm. and he's like no and it's televised and they won't cut the feed because mm-hmm. that's the whole point is that yeah. you need to see it televised and he gives it he's extremely intelligent because he read mm-hmm. and he very 
he just basically breaks down. Well, of course, this government doesn't work, but everyone's basically kind of numb to it because it has worked. Yeah. It's where everyone's safer and what the, whatnot, and like he, he is seen as a rogue agent, and yeah. he breaks down exactly what's wrong while they're seeing their leader have an absolute meltdown mm-hmm. like a child on television and it's basically global it's yeah. not like a national thing it's like the, everyone's seeing this and the last second the guy's able to let the chancellor out bomb goes off kills the librarian and um the president gets sentenced to the same thing seeing how the machine gobbles up their own when they're not useful anymore yeah. it's it's a uh, very i feel like you could see something like that i feel like we're gonna get a lot of wall imagery when it comes to the no, why season. what are you talking about uh, my, one of, but the way that they're able to play with time a lot in yeah. twilight zone episodes i've always been a really big fan of about ghosts in your past yeah about the unknown, like new, like uh, agent that comes in, that like are they good or bad, and what's our innate, or what's our initial feeling towards them. One of the best is uh, a classic one. It's like a western, and uh, yeah. a man falls from the stars, and he's just got a book, and mm-hmm. he's kind of like a not like he's normal enough, you yeah. know, he's normal enough. But the whole thing, classic, is like he just needs to get the book to someone important, and the town turns on him. These kids are trying to help him get out, and they kill him. Mm-hmm. And they do it by, like, they shoot him through, like, they shoot him in the chest, and his book was in there. Mm-hmm. And then you open it, and it's like, oh, no. That was the cure to cancer. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, wait, how did he know what cancer is? <laughs> and you're like, if you poke holes into it too much, this uh, it doesn't quite work. Uh, but lastly, I wanted to mention uh, one of them. Oh, it's a Good Life is definitely one that's going to be adapted in some way. That's the kid who is all telekinetic, t- telepathic, reality warping. Yeah. And uh, it's just seeing that kind of control. And I feel like you can do a really good bright, connect bright. the dots. It's bright, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's not, but it's, it's like, more. It's like a kid with power, crazy power. Crazy powers, but it's also like yeah. uh, thought police. Yeah. And you could do that very quick with social media. I yeah. feel like you can get a really good, solid story out of that yeah. by having like someone's like a technopath. I'll be interested to see what, uh, how it's received, um, how well it does. What it what that means to more types of this this type of thing. Um, before we wrap up, mm-hmm. did you want to do brief spoilers for us? Yes, I did want to ask regarding Jordan Peele and Twilight Zone. Yeah, do you see yourself getting a subscription to CBS All Access? Nah. Not even for this. No, I mean, if I didn't do it for Star Trek Discovery, it's not happening. Star, are you a big Star Trek fan? I'm, I'm a Star Trek fan. Yeah. Of the movies or the show, not gro- growing up, asking. growing up, uh, Next Generation was a staple in my household. Big fan of the Next Generation. You know what? I might do it for the Picard show. Who? Which one was Whoopi on? That was Next Generation. Really? Yeah. yeah. Uh, what, and what so did I might she do on Patrick that? Stewart. Patrick Stewart. She was Guinan. She was the. She was like the head of the bar. So she was the one that like. She was one of the few people that like the captain could talk to and and like was straight with him and would give him advice and stuff like that. So I was a big fan of Next Generation. I liked um, uh, some of the original series and those movies. Of course, Wrath of Khan and Journey Home is a is a mainstay. Um, so yeah, I'm 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 a big fan. I prefer Star Trek over Star Wars. Controversial opinion. Um, uh, it's just the medium. They have it's more less spectacle, more character focused stuff. Like that's just also the way a little bit more sci fi. It's a yeah. little bit more. The other one's like kind of like religious, and it's like that's not bad. It's, but it's fun like, with swashbuckling, whatever. Which yeah. I love that stuff. It's just he's more character focused. More yeah, swashbuckling is a good way to say. Yeah, it. Yeah, and more character focused, more focus on like just it's big sci fi ideas like Q. He's basically Mr. Mix's spit lick. Um, anyway, stuff like that. Tribbles. <laughs> Tribble, tribbles are fun. Uh, so I might check out just because Patrick Stewart as Jean-Luc Picard means a lot to me. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, probably for that show. You yeah. probably got me on that one. They have Ben Wyatt 
from Parks and Rec, aka Adam Scott, in mm-hmm. an episode, and so and Zazie Beetz gonna be an episode. So I'm like, in the Picard one or oh, in Discovery? And just no, sorry, Twilight Zone. Oh, Twilight Zone. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Yeah. sorry. I'm gonna be watching another sci-fi show. I get, don't correct correct me on Zazie Beetz. I don't think she's in it, but she should be. I'm very excited. Oh, uh, um, Kumail Nanjiani is in it, and I'm. I'm very excited to see what they people. do. A lot of funny people, but in dramatic sci-fi roles, which I know they like mm-hmm. it. Camille Johnny's podcast is why we basically why we got an X Files reboot. No, for better or worse. No, for we better or worse. That. So now we're we're running tight on time. Do we want to do spoilers for us, or do we want to save that for like another conversation for another time? Quick ones. Quick ones. Here's the spoilers. Three, two, okay, one, so go. these are the spoilers. So if you haven't seen it, I mean, for real, if you haven't seen it, tune out because you should see this movie. It's worth it's worth going and seeing. The big spoiler for me is we find out again. We're in spoiler. I feel bad. I feel like I, if people watching live, get out of here. Uh, uh, the big spoiler at the end of the movie is we find out the quote unquote evil version of Peter Nyong'o's character was switched mm-hmm. when they met. Wow, just saying it out loud, it's like wow, that really doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> in terms of, I mean, I kind of felt it. So early the evil, on. quote unquote, evil one, which that's the point, is that the, just because the, the underground aggressive ones, they ba- they they are basically living a waking nightmare. Like there's no other way to describe it. Their lives are literal hell, and it's not directly our fault, but it's but our it's, nation it is, and what we represent. Yeah, so. it is, it is t- directly tethered to us, so it kind of makes sense that they would lose their fucking minds. Tethered is a good word. Yeah, well, they use it in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, the untethering. And so they were switched, and the one that was underground lived a normal life, and the one that was was supposed to live a normal life lived underground, and now she's the one leading the rebellion. Except neither of them seemed to realize they were switched, or at least one one of them had to not have known, no, uh, no, <laughs> or see, forgotten, it, or something. I interpreted it differently yeah. when it came to. I didn't think that Lupita Nyong'o, who let's say, care, <laughs> the one that we find out is the secret bad one. Yeah. I never got that she was confused by what was happening. She's confused about a global attack. She's yeah. confused about that. But she's she not wasn't confused. in those conversations. She's not confused about the people. And she's yeah. willing to do whatever she needs to to get by. So she'll lie. She'll yeah. play dumb. Um, Adelaide. Lupita Nyong'o's character is Adelaide and then her alternate is Red. There you go. Yeah. I, I never got that she was confused. I got, I, but then, I, but there's then, worth asking then though. Red... I, it's worth asking with that why she didn't just say something. And I get that maybe there's a justification in there. I'm not saying I buy this part. Yeah. But you could say that because she was a child taken and then put into like a feral state where she can't communicate with, <laughs> with anyone. Basically anyone. Hey, maybe she's she's got enough ideas where she yeah. knows that if we come up, we all dress the same and we all murder people, that's probably pretty going to make a statement. Yeah. And then the mechanics of basically how a tantrum. What we, yeah. The mechanics of how we, what we do affects them and then how that affects Adelaide and Red situation once they switch confuses me. Uh, what I like is is that because them they're being described as special, yeah, meaning Lupita Nyong'o's uh, two sides of herself yeah, that their she, connection is unique. And what I like is that they both can have control at certain points. That's mm-hmm. why the one that can go up top, the, the bad one that went up top, yeah. can make decisions. And the I mainly be maybe because she lived her life knowing that she didn't have any control over her own life, she would assert dominance more. Yeah. And the other one didn't know. Honestly, there's no way for her to figure out down there what the fuck's happening. Yeah. So I'm okay with them kind of having a push and pull, and while the other people who were from the surface figuring it out and asserting dominance, that's how they were able to take out their other 
themselves. Yeah. I got that. I'm not saying it's full. I'm not saying this, this is both going to be taken on water. It's not yeah. totally foolproof. It's not totally sealed tight. I mean, I like, you know, the movie, there's specific lines to people referring to themselves as Americans. If you, the movie's called Us, but you could, if you spell it capitalized, it's U.S., um, you we, know, yeah, yeah it's, the idea it's of the enemy. Be, yeah, it's the idea of like the the negative aspects of ourselves, and a lot of time, what we perceive as evil is context. Um, because especially early on in the movie, man, Lupita's performance is so good. When she starts speaking, it's like, oh no, oh. Um, she does like a click thing, and I'm like, what is happening? We should get the fuck out of here. Yeah, it's so she's so talented, um, and uh, it's cool also to see people in the superhero roles get to play something more more grounded scary. and scary but also like more connected to real human interactions mm-hmm. um because everything's so heightened in superior universes you mentioned uh, Winston duke earlier and he i just want to say his his broy persona and the abraham, abraham yeah. persona it's like oh this is so cool also props to you for getting your doppelganger out pretty quick so you didn't have you just had to focus on you being dad exactly um but uh, I get the idea of like it's it's context it's it's you perceive them as evil it's it's how they were raised and stuff like that and so it's you've got to I mean I think advertising is like watch yourself you know what I mean like you know maybe maybe you're not you're not innocent I, I I and I don't like getting lost in the weeds on the mechanics of a movie you have to ask though but this one was just like I don't is everybody is it um, is it everybody? everybody and then where, where did, did the move? budget come from where for the, the yeah and like did. Like, how do you have clothes? Like, how? Because mm-hmm. they, they have clothes down there. You know what is harder for me to believe is that they paved and fur- and they did like <laughs> whole furnishing for all these tunnels underneath every city and highway and everything. How did they find out the? Because her explanation of like, oh, we clone people and then they relate it. That fine. Who found that out? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I like the test of like you try to clone and you and eventually that's found the type it of out. thing you don't need to explain in this movie. But okay, here's a question. Yeah. So you see when from the li- on the girl from below, her point of view of like the roller coasters and stuff is people standing in place and doing like mm-hmm. shaking and doing stuff. Yeah. They drove mm-hmm. miles to get here. That's a good question. How did they get there? That's a good question. So and where were they? Before? Where where was where was Red? Are they directly below them at all times? Like like a literal shadow? Because that's a fun idea. But, but when you add a when you add a practical, like no, we were engineered and made. Mm-hmm. What were they just in an out of state room? Like any any of these clones of you that are out of state? Because and then where did uh, Abraham come from? Because we, we, you got to assume, did did Adelaide meet her husband? Did Lupita Nyong'o meet Winston Duke in that town, or did she leave for college and meet him someplace else? Which means there has to be everyone. There has to be everyone. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Because we were talking about this afterwards. Like, no, 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 maybe it's just like Santa Cruz. Yeah, it's like that doesn't make any sense. It has to be everybody. I don't know if this movie holds together when you think about it. It doesn't, but I like but the fe- message. The feel is it, it's if you just kind of go with the ride. And the horror element's cool, and I do like the message of like, yeah, you can have fun where you like talk about like kill counts and stuff. Where yeah. it's like, and that's funny. Yeah. And but also when you think about it, it's like these aren't bad people. They're doing bad things. Yes. But in their circumstance, I don't think we can really be judgmental. It's scary because we, we can, are being attacked. I mean, I, I wouldn't feel guilty from stopping them from doing the bad things, but you do understand. Like, you celebrating the murder don't is know different. Where they, I don't know where they have the context to know anything about anything, really. Mm-hmm. 
how they get the gloves? The gloves are confusing. Yeah. And maybe, like, because uh, you mentioned the one glove no, being a nod to... to... The thriller jacket. Here's the, my question. The glove, fine. Jumpsuit, I'm assuming, former workers, and they just found sizes sort of like theirs. Fact, the scissors. The, the fit kids, good question. The scissors. Where was there just a stockpile of gold scissors? Because there was a classroom at one point, yes. and there's cots. So, like, maybe there is supplies, but enough for everybody. Yeah. Everybody had scissors. Yeah. Everybody. Every single one. We don't know where a pair of scissors is in this office. Right. We couldn't we find one. We don't. I think there's two. There's I somewhere. They're hidden through in this office. I purchased three pairs of scissors for my own house because I've lost two. Uh-huh. Those little roommates. I'm shouting them out right now. Like, they're going to... If they listen to the podcast, they definitely tuned out by this point. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, gang, how many pairs of scissors do you own? Let us know on Twitter at Only Stupid Answers. You ain't got the balls from stupid. Boom. I was stuck on the scissors situation. Scissors. Yeah. Did they get them? Did they make them? Even more confusing. Yes. Maybe that's... Enjoyable movie. Enjoyable movie. Enjoyable movie. Still a minus for me. Yeah. It's worth asking questions, though. Um, but yes, follow us on Twitter, patreon.com slash only stupid answers. New stuff coming very soon. Make sure you stay tuned. At Sam Basher for me. At DJ Talks Trash. We got Sh- uh, Shazam reviews coming out soon. We have Dumbo yeah. reviews coming out soon. We may have just got an invite to an Avengers some some. So that's going to be cool. But hey. We have a very special announcement coming very soon. So the next couple of weeks, keep, it a, keep your peepers peeled here and elsewhere. And also make sure you go read Dial H for Hero because that's pretty cool. Yes. Mm-hmm. And we'll see you next time. I'll see you then. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.